Let's get started. So we're on 93A, right? Sadi Gimel Omer Aleph. I don't have my... So what we were dealing with is, we're dealing with is the halacha of what it is that a husband, when the wife takes a nether, takes an oath that what she produces, the work of her hands, is not going to belong to the husband. So there was a question as to whether or not the husband actually has to be mefer. He has to annul her vow when he hears about it. So Rebekiva says he still has to annul her vow because maybe she'll end up producing more than the amount that he is entitled to, okay? Because if he, she doesn't produce more handiwork than he's entitled to, then anyways, she does not have to annul her vow because her vow is not able to take place. Because basically the halakha is like this. Husband is obligated to provide his wife with support for her to be able to eat food. Now, if she makes only enough money to cover the amount of money that his support of her costs, it's actually considered to be his money already, and therefore she can't take a vow to forbid him from benefit. So must be talking about a case where she produces more than he actually needs to cover his costs. It was said about the summer of Huna Brader Yeshua, Huna son of Yeshua said, by Maras, the case is she says, my hands and, and um, the actual work that my hands will produce are consecrated to the one who has made them. The Alma, since her hands exist at the time of her of her oath. What? What do all these individuals hold? Right? We're, we're slowly listing further back in time until we get to Rabbi Kiva. They hold that a person is able to re relinquish or to give over rights to something that is not yet in this world. Okay? And therefore, she has the rights to say before she actually is obligated to produce anything. Before that, she's already able to say that they are already considered kadosh. The work of her hands are considered kadosh, holy, and therefore they are they are they will not belong to him. Ravuna Mahi, what position of Ravuna? The Ithmael stated, someone tells the fruit of a date tree to someone else. Amar Ravuna, Ravuna said, before they have come into the world, he's still able to go back on the sale. But he can't go back on it once they've already even once they've come into this world, he's still able to go back. I admit that if the buyer has already picked them and ate them, then we don't take any money from them. Rav, where do we see that Rav holds? Like you can sell something that's not yet in this world. Someone says to his friend, This field that I am buying. And you should, you will have taken possession of it from right now. After I have taken, after I bought it, you will take possession of it. Then it will belong to his friend, even though at this point he yet didn't, he hadn't yet owned it. He's still able to create a transaction that will take place in the future, even though right now it doesn't make sense. had an arisa sharecropper who would would take care of the harvest in return for part of the crop. Uh, used to bring him a, a basket full of fruit every hour of Shabbos. Once over Shabbos, it's getting late, he doesn't come. So Rabbi Yana takes nicer from the fruits of his house for the produce that the sharecropper is going to bring, even though he hasn't yet received it. 
and he still takes mice already. He doesn't want to wait until Shabbos. On Shabbos, you're not allowed to take mice. Says, you did well. Then you may learn to fear Hashem your God all of the days, referring to Meister. This is a reference to the Shabbos and Yom. So, what's it coming to teach you? Right? What, how is it connected? Shabbos and Yom Tif taking Meister. If you say it means to be taking Meister and eating on Shabbos, it's a crawl of mystery total drabanan. Do you need a pasik to teach you that you're allowed to move mukta? In other words, what do you what, what will be the potential problem that you're talking about that you need a pasik to teach you you're allowed to do something? You're talking about being able to move the object. Why wouldn't you be allowed to move the object on a Torah level? Something you did not yet take true my mice. We learned that we learned that in Shabbos. Yeah. That you could do that. Yeah, exactly. Something you not yet take meister from is only forbidden on a rabbinic level, a muksa. So you wouldn't need a pasik to teach you that you're permitted to move it. Rather, it must be for this halacha. But when I was sleeping in my dreams, they read to me a pasuk of konaratzis, a, a, a reed that is damaged. My lab, hachikamrile, is it not that this is what they were telling me? Behold, you're leaning on a, on a staff uh, for support that is a bruised reed. Light, this is not what it's saying. Hachikamrilecha, this is what they were telling me. A bruised reed he will not break. And a wick that is burning very uh, lightly, he will not uh, cause to go out. Rabbi, what was his opinion? The Tanya will learn to write up. He should not deliver to his master a slave. Someone is buying a slave with the intention of freeing him. What's the case? Right? In other words, how is this going to create a situation where it's clear that he holds that you can you can sell something or cause a, an object's uh, ownership status to be changed before ever taking possession of it? We said, well, if I'm at a case where you took possession of the object with the intent of selling it, freeing it. Because what he did is he wrote with Ekeshach when I will purchase you, then your, yourself should be um, considered to be acquired to you from now. Remeir, how do you see that he holds you can sell something that's not yet in this world? It's not. Uh, we to the Mishnah. A man says to a woman, You should be married to me after I converted. After you convert. After I am free. Or after you're free. After your husband dies. After your sister who I married dies. After you, your job does Chalitza to you. It doesn't take place because although he wanted it to take place, because at the time that he said that this should be a marriage, it wasn't possible to do it yet, it doesn't work. Ramayor says indeed it does work. Why? Because Ramayor holds that you can affect the status change of something even if it's not yet possible to affect it at this moment. Yes, even more than this Ramayor said. Even if what they said is that the fruit of this bed, right, this row that's already picked, should be truma on, on the fruit of a different row that's still attached. Or the attached fruit of this row should be truma on the fruit of a different row when it grows to one third and has been picked. 
If a fruit grows to one third of its original size, and then it's been picked, and then his words are valid. The Bekiva also, where do we see the Bekiva holds that works? It's not, we learned in the Mishnah. A woman says to her husband, I take a vow that I will not, you will not be able to eat from that which I produce. He does not have to annul the vow. The Bekiva, I remember Bekiva says, he needs to annul the vow. Maybe she'll make more than she actually has to give him. What's the lacha when it comes to one witness in the case of Yavama? The witness testifies that her husband has died, right? And that she therefore now needs to give him. What's the lacha? Time of the Eracha, we should the milsa that we didn't agree. It must be that in Eracha, the reason why this is the halacha is because. It's because since nobody's going to lie about a case of an eight echad, why? Because why would you lie if we're going to end up finding out that it's really true, one way or the other? So it's something that is very likely to be revealed, the reality. Therefore, we hear too, we wouldn't lie. Or perhaps you say, Maybe you say the reason why one witness is believed is because she's going to check into the matter very well before she gets married. And over here, keep the zin and the rachmale. Since there might be times where, for whatever reason, she actually wants to get together with her yavam, her brother-in-law, she won't look into it very well, and she'll end up getting married. I'm a little of Shesha, so Shesha says to them, Anisua, learn from our Mishnah proof about this idea. Amrullah, if they said to her, your husband died, and only, I'm sorry, your son died first, and after your husband died, and it's yavma, and then she does yavam, and then they say to her afterwards, that actually was the opposite. She should leave the brother that she's even with. Child before and after is now considered a mamzer. What's the case? If you say that two witnesses against two witnesses, two of them said the son died first, the other two say the opposite, that the husband died first. My Why are you relying on the second opinion? You rely on the first opinion. And that, and that uh, indeed they were right, and that the husband died after the child. Mamzer, Suffolk Mamzer. How can you call him a mamzer? He's really only a, a potential monster. He can't be a bad day monster. You don't know for sure who's right. Maybe you say the Tana wasn't specific, but he meant Suffolk monster, but not bad day monster. When it says in the Seifa that the first one, child is born before the witnesses testify that he died, that the husband died, then it's a monster. But the next one is not a monster. You see from here that he was very specific, very precise with the words. Rather, we learn from here that the case is when one witness came in originally. At the time of the Asubay Treyak, and the reason why the woman is not believed is because later on, two witnesses come in and contradict him. Allah, Hakim Ahmed, but if not for that, he would have been believed. Again, the army, there are those who say, this they didn't ask you. Even the woman herself would be believed. It's not. We learned in the Mishnah, Aisha Shamra, May Spali, a woman who says my husband died. She's allowed to get remarried. She says, My husband died. Where did we ask about? The mystery of Amala to allow Yabama to get married to everyone else, to the world, but not to the brother in law. My time of the Eidach, why would the one witness be believed? Something that is going to end up, anyways, end up becoming revealed to everyone. No one's going to lie about So to be here, he would not lie. Perhaps we say, time of day that I listen to eat, I can But the reason why one witness believes she's going to check into it very well. Not only then will she be willing to get married, but how like I can miss, but here she will not look into it very well. She'll get married anyway. Then why? The miss, no, maybe she hates the brother in law, the sangula, she hates the brother in law. 
Our mission is approved to this. Amrullah, he said to her, your husband has died, and after the son died. And this is then she gets remarried, and after the son died, he made a mistake that the husband died first and then the son. Um, I'm sorry, son died first and then the husband. She has to leave the second marriage, and both children are mamzerim. What's the case? If there are two witnesses against each other, my husband is Why are you so obviously you should rely on the second group? The Mahani rely on the first group. But and also Mamzer it should be a Mamzer. It's only a Mamzer Safik. It was only a possible Mamzer. Maybe you'll say you weren't so precise about the words. How many can you say by reaching Mamzer? The fact that the end of the Mishnah says that the first one is a Mamzer, child born before the witnesses is a Mamzer, child born after the witnesses testify is not a Mamzer. So we see from here they did teach specifically. That's right, the case must be there's only one witness. The reason why it's not believed is two witnesses came and contradicted it. But not for that, he would be believed. Okay, we're going to stop over here. Tomorrow night, 8.30, Pastor Hashem, not on Zoom, not on Zoom. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. Tomorrow night on Zoom, not in the JSN, only on Zoom tomorrow night at 8.30. Okay? All right.